to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back, worshipers. It's Worship Wednesday here on the podcast. Got glad to have you listening to the podcast. I want to say thanks to everybody that sticks with us week after week, and um, it, it blows my mind. I've I've been checking out uh, just out of curiosity, you know, the the analytics of the podcast, and um, you know, all, to see people where they're watching from all over the world, uh, or excuse me, listening from all over the world. Um, and it's just, it blows my mind places. I've never even been people are listening to the podcast, sharing it, writing in, they have questions means a lot to me. So I want to say thank you to you guys that are listening faithfully to the podcast week after week. And obviously we added these worship Wednesday podcasts for a very specific purpose. And that is that God spoke to me at the end of last year to begin to take steps to raise up next generation worshipers. And uh, one of the avenues that we're doing that is through our worship conference, Southeast Worship Summit. And we are holding that now annually. And last year was our first one. And this year coming up is going to be the second. And I'm so excited for it. It's going to be taking place May the 7th through the 10th of 2019 right here in South Florida at Abundant Life Church. You can get all the details at southeastworship.com. We would love to have you there. It's a free conference, 18 free sessions going to be taking place this year, Tuesday through a Friday. And uh, I just, I'm so pumped for it to come. I I can't wait for it to get here. We want you to be with us uh, for this time. It's going to be killer. And uh, so I want to encourage you to go check it out on the website, register for free, bring people with you from your church that are on your teams. Doesn't matter if they're part of the lighting team, tech team, sound team, singers, musicians, music directors, whoever, bring them. It's going to be phenomenal, phenomenal time. So not only that, but we we added these Worship Wednesday podcasts. And originally I was doing them as uh, Facebook live videos, but the problem was with the schedule of preaching and traveling, I wasn't always able to jump right on or sometimes the services would go late on Wednesday nights. So we've created them as podcasts. And uh, I actually think that's even better because people can choose when they want to listen to them. They can, you know, go back and binge listen, whatever they want to do. So uh, I want you to take a minute, if you would, and share this with people that you know uh, are involved in worship in any capacity. Share it on your Instagram, uh, share it on Facebook, in, uh, on Snapchat, whatever. Let people know because I believe today's episode especially is going to be life-changing for you. I know it was for me when I started to recognize uh, this issue and made the change and and it affected my life in a massive way. Um, obviously, I, I, rec- I record the episodes before I title them, but I'm not quite sure how I'm going to title today's episode other than I know I'm going to deal with what I feel is one of the biggest traps for gifted people, for people who are talented, gifted, and anointed by God to do things. I'm going to deal with what I feel like is one of the number one traps, if not it's the number one trap of all gifted people. And uh, we're going to jump into that in just a minute because 
I want to see you, obviously, I want to see you succeed. I want to see you do what God's called you to do in an effective way. And one of the things that the devil will do is he will purposely and specifically set traps against people. And, you know, I'll tell you something interesting if you've never heard this taught before. I've just noticed this over the years that it, it depends on whatever your gifting or calling might be. The devil is so generic. He has no new tricks in the book. And depending on what you're called to do, I've noticed that there are the same tricks being played on people who operate in the same giftings and callings. So that even makes it easier to overcome the attacks of the devil against your life. Because if you can identify what you're called and purposed and gifted to do, and then clearly see how the devil comes against those types of people, then you can easily be ready for it. As the Bible says, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. We know what it is he's trying to do, and we have an answer for it by the power of the Holy Ghost. But one of the things I'm going to deal with today is the one of the things that drags down gifted, talented, anointed people. And I tweeted something uh, just a couple of days ago, and this is basically what I tweeted. It may not be word for word, but you can go back and check it out. I was saying that for gifted and talented and anointed people, the most important word you can learn is no. And I said the reason for that is your gift and your anointing and your talent is it does the purpose of it is not so that you can solve every problem that you're capable of solving, but so that you can solve the problems God has anointed you and called you to solve. That is so important. It's so important because, for example, I'll take you to the scripture. The Bible says in Psalm 127 and verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And unless the Lord is guarding the city, the watchmen are watching the walls in vain. So if God's not in it, don't put your attention or your strength or your energy in it. That's a massive principle, by the way. If you're taking notes, I would write it down this way. Unless God called you to do it, let it remain undone. Taking notes, if you're tweeting, if you are creating graphics to put on Instagram or your story, please, please include this. If God did not call you to do it, let it remain undone. And and I'll tell you, when I was dealing with this, and I used the example of Nehemiah, who rebuilt the walls of his city. Notice that he had the ability and he had the wherewithal to rebuild the walls. He had the ability as a leader to gather men together as workers and empower them to do the work of rebuilding the walls that were broken down. But notice that just because he had that ability and the and just because he had the leadership qualities to gather men together to do that job, notice he didn't create a wall building business and start going around and repairing everybody's walls in every city that had ever had a siege against the city. No, he only rebuilt the walls of the city he was called to. And that is so huge. I'm going to give you a principle today in this podcast that's going to change your life and your ministry. And also, it's going to remove a lot of stress 
and a lot of pressure from your life and from your ministry. Number one, learn how to say no. It is okay to be gifted and talented and anointed and say no. And we get taught a lot of times that we're not being responsible in stewarding our gift, our talent, or our ability if we say no. We get treated like that there's something wrong with us or we're not dedicated enough or we're not, or we're in a place where we're not, uh, you know, we're not, uh, you know, I don't know, taking what God's given us and using it to its full potential. That's not the case. That is not the case. One thing you've got to realize is, and I can probably identify if you're watch, if you're listening to this podcast today and you're one of these anointed gifted people, then you're probably anointed or gifted in more than one area. I know many, many people who are listening to my podcast and I know you personally and I know what you're capable of. And uh, I know you have more than one gifting and one talent. That's actually how it works many times is that people who are gifted and talented, it's not just one small narrow area in their life where they're gifted or talented, but it bleeds over. It overflows into many uh, different areas of their life. And uh, that's why I want to address it this way, because let's say, for example, uh, you may be working for your church or, you, you know, you may be even volunteering for your church and you can do more than one thing. So let's say, for example, an, an example would be, um, you know, the way I, I started out as a very young age, you know, I started um, as a musician. OK, so I'm gifted and, and I have that anointing, that talent to um, play and to sing. Well, that's not the only thing I'm gifted and talented to do. I also have the ability to do, um, you know, graphics and and web design and and um, you know all you know all those kinds of things using Photoshop and Illustrator and and creating artwork for people, uh, but not just that. And it, you go the list goes on. You have technical ability. You have the ability to do, um, you know, audio and video and you know all these different things. You might be gifted and talented in a lot of areas. Well. What can end up happening easily is that when you are extremely gifted and talented, as happened with David, you start to understand your reputation precedes you. And when you're gifted or talented in something, that goes out, your reputation goes out in front of you. And people know what you're able to do. They know what you're talented and gifted to do. And as a result, and this is just a logical outcome, as a result, people will start leaning on you to start doing everything for them. They'll start leaning on you and people will come out of the woodwork to try to get you to do stuff for them many times for free. And um, so let me just give you an example of what I mean. If you start involving yourself in solving every problem that comes your way, you are going to run out of strength and resources to do what you're called to do because what's end, what's actually happening is is that you're engaging in projects and you know problem solving scenarios that you were never called to do just because you have a gift or an ability it doesn't mean that you have to use that gift or ability in every situation in fact if you've gone if you go back through the podcast i did a um I did a, a, an episode at the early part of the year about the fact that 
anytime I met somebody who is a successful man or woman of God that's changed their nation or been extremely impactful where God's called them to go, I always ask them the same question. And the same question I ask them is this, if you could go back to when you were in your early 30s and just give one piece of advice to the to yourself, knowing all that you know now, what piece of advice would you give yourself? And And 90 some percent of them all say the same thing. They say, I'd go back and I would tell myself to pray and discover God's plan for my life and then don't do anything else except what God's instructed me personally to do. So there's power in that. And let me tell you why. It's because when when you're able to clearly define your calling and your purpose, then you can also clearly define what your calling and your purpose is not. And that is huge because, or, or as Donald Trump would say, huge. And the reason, the reason it is huge is because once you can identify what is not your calling, what is not your purpose, then anytime it presents itself to you as an opportunity, you can easily brush it to the side easily brush it to the side. Now, listen, I'll give you some practical examples. You know, just using the gifts and the talents and the abilities that I have, I could look back, you know, I could, um, I can look at myself having the ability to play and to sing, having the ability to, uh, create graphics, audio, video, all of that. I've had plenty of times in my life where people have come out of the woodwork and and they know what I do. And so, um, and not everybody that does this, you know, is bad or wrong or has evil intentions. But if you're not careful, you can let yourself be worn out trying to do everything for everybody else. And, and what happens is what you're actually called to do suffers because you're expending so much energy on doing things for other people with your gifts and talents that you suffer in what you're actually called to do. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, helping your local church. You know, if you if you have, I've dealt with this previously. I dealt with this, I believe, in the episode where we talked about should church musicians and singers be paid. And I was talking about the fact that it's my personal belief that if God has gifted and, talent, and talented you at something, that you can't take those gifts and talents and bury them in the ground. You should be using them for the kingdom of God in some way. So I'm not telling you to say, when I say it's important to say no, I'm not telling you where, you know, if you if you have the ability to sing and, and you know, you attend a local church and they need people to sing and you're, you, you know, that's the gift that you have, you should be giving that gift to God in some way. And so you know, I'm not telling you to say no to the kingdom of God. What I'm telling you is that there are people that'll try to use your gift in every in every dimension. And so I had people that would come out of the woodwork and they, you know, when they found out that I could do graphics and they found out that I could do audio and video and websites and, and all this stuff, 
what ended up happening is that you get everybody and their brother that calls you up or sends you a text like, hey, hey, listen, how much would it cost? You know, what would it cost for you to do? Uh, I need to get this done. I need to do this brochure. I need to do a postcard. I need to do this. I need to, how much would it cost if you made me a logo? How much would it cost? You know, what, would, and what they, they want to really, what they're really saying, many of them that as a friendship that they have with you, they, they're really looking for you to say, oh man, I'll do it for you. No problem. You know, no, don't worry about paying me. I, you know. And, and really what a lot of people want to do is that they want to take advantage of your gift and of your talent. And there are people that will prostitute your gift and talent if you'll allow them to do it. And that's why be, saying no becomes one of the most important things you can do because you do have a specific purpose calling from God that you're supposed to be engaging in. And what ends up happening is, you know, you are human. I don't care how supernatural you are of a believer, you are still a human in a human body. And you only have a limited amount of strength and and willpower. See, because you say, well, brother, I got supernatural strength. Yes, you do. If you're doing what God's called you to do, but God doesn't supernaturally strengthen people to do things he didn't call them to do. That's why I read you Psalm 127 at the beginning of this episode, that unless the Lord is building the house, you're working in vain. So if you start doing something that God's not in for your life, then you have to rely on your own strength and your own ability to do it. And so as a result, you can wear yourself out doing things you were never called to do. So, you know, if you're a singer, you might have all kinds of people that do, you know, somebody might have a band, somebody might have a group, and they're always wanting you to sing, hey, we're doing this show, we're doing this thing, we're doing this conference, we're doing this, you know, uh, festival or whatever. They might be pulling on your gifts every which way to go sing all the time if you're a great singer. You need to learn how to say no. Because just because you can sing doesn't mean you have to solve everybody's problem as a singer. If you do, you know, unless you're doing, unless you're running a business as a graphic designer, you know, if you're just, if it's just one of your gifts, it's not your business, you know, everybody's going to call you up. They might be saying, hey, could you do this? Could you do that? Could you do this? You know, you've got to realize you have a purpose and there comes a time you just have to say, no, I can't do it. I'm not able to do it. I'm sorry. And people don't like conflict, and that's why they don't want to say it. They don't want to say no, but there's power in saying no. See, and and here, let me explain to you why, is that when you say no, it gives you opportunity, and it gives you space, and it gives you strength to say yes to the right things. By saying no to the right things, you have power, time, opportunity, to say yes to the right things. What ends up happening, and I've experienced this personally, that's why I had to come to this understanding, is that, you know, think about it from my perspective. And that is that not only has God given me the ability over the years to help other ministries, but God has also given me a ministry personally. And if all I ever did with my time was supplement other people's ministries, I would have no time to spend time developing my own vision, purpose, and call that God's put on my life. And, and I, obviously, I'll have to answer to God for that one day. Because when God, when the, as Matthew 25 teaches, when the master comes back, he's going to ask people, what did you do 
with the talent that I put in your hand? What did you do with the gifting and the anointing that I put in your hand? Because if God has a purpose for your life, which he clearly does, then you're responsible to carry out the fulfillment of that purpose on the earth. And if you don't accomplish it, nobody else is going to have to answer to God for what he's called you to do other than you. You will stand before God and give an account for what you did with the anointing and the gifting and the talent that he placed upon your life. And if you squandered it, you'll answer for that. But if you also think about this, squandering it is not just not using it. It's also not using it for what it was given to you to be used for. It's called in the business world, they call that misappropriation. You can, there's something called misappropriation of funds, which means even with a nonprofit corporation, if somebody gives you funds that are designated for a specific use, for example, if somebody gave a church, if a church had a building fund and was receiving offerings that were supposed to go into the building fund and then obviously used for the building of their new building or for modifications of a building, if that if that money is used for other things, then there's a penalty for that because misappropriation of funds is against the law. You can't tell everybody we're receiving these offerings um, so that we can build a building and then take that money and go do something else with it. It's against the law. And in the same way in the kingdom of God, you can have a misappropriation of gifts and talents. God didn't, and I'll give you an example, a very easy example. If God anointed you to sing, and if God anointed you to play, it is a misappropriation of gifting and talent for you to take those gifts and talents and go sing in clubs, sing in bars, sing in coffee houses, That's a misappropriation of those gifts and talents. That's why it breaks my heart to see people who were anointed by God for what, you know, I have no question in my mind that you look throughout, you know, history in America, you look at people like Whitney Houston, who were clearly anointed by God, who got out of church and went into the secular world and started doing secular things that were not bringing glory to God and were tortured throughout their life in their mind because of the misappropriation of their gift. They knew where they should have been. They knew how they should have been living. They knew what they should have been doing, but were tortured. That's why people go go to alcohol. That's why people go to drugs. That's why people end up in rehab. Many of these people, they were gifted by the Holy Spirit to do supernatural things for God and then took those gifts and talents and misappropriated them. And as a result, they have a knowledge of the truth, but their life is not lining up with what they know is right. And as a result, they're tortured in their minds. I've heard uh, things, um, stories told about even like Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley, who knew the anointing, who knew the gospel, who, who understood the power of God, and had love. I believe he he was anointed, and I've heard many stories even about him that after he would finish his concerts, he would go backstage with his band, and and he'd keep them up into the end of the night, and they'd be in the back backstage of whatever venue they were playing, playing and singing gospel songs and hymns, and it you know it almost makes you feel like how King Saul when he heard David playing 
anointed music, that it would calm his mind and the evil spirit that troubled him would have to leave. I almost feel like as, as Elvis Presley understood that, uh, you know, he had a calling and a gifting and an anointing on his life. He knew he was misappropriating his gifts and his talents. And he would go back and to calm his spirit and to calm his mind, he would go back and sing gospel songs, praise songs, worship songs, you know, with his team behind the, the backstage in the venues where he would be. People are called and purposed for something specific. And you can easily misappropriate. You know, I, I know, I know guys. To me, this is ridiculous. I know guys that that uh, are gifted and talented to play and sing, whatever, and uh, just to make a few extra dollars. You know, I knew a guy and and his team that was literally breaking down the without the not the pastor had no knowledge of this. They were on Saturday night. They would break down the equipment in the auditorium of their church. They'd take out the keyboards and drums stuff like that, and they would pack them up and they would go play as a band and do secular music in bars and clubs and things like that and finish late, late, like early Sunday morning into the night and come back and set all the equipment back up in the church and then be there and do, do the music and the worship of the church for Sunday morning. That is a travesty. That's reprehensible to take the gift that God's placed in your life and to take it for a few extra dollars to prostitute your gift so that you could go out and do secular music and go into a bar or a club and take the holy gift that God's placed in your life and use it for a sinful purpose where people are hooking up, getting drunk, doing drugs, you know, cheating on their wife and husband, and, and you're going to use the gift that God's placed in your life to go and build an atmosphere for that sinful crap to happen. It's reprehensible, and people do it. They prostitute their gift because they, don't, they can't say no to their flesh, and they can't say no to other people. You need to learn how to say no as a gifted person to the wrong things so that you can make room to say yes to the right things. It's very important. And really what it boils down to is that this is a form of pride. Pride says, I have to be the one doing everything. Pride says, yes, I have to do that. I want to be seen here. I want to be seen in this project. I want to be seen in this project. I want to be seen over here. I want everybody to know that it's me that's doing these things and accomplishing these things. It's pride. And pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's the thing that caused Satan to be cast out of heaven when he was an angel. Pride is a killer. In fact, when you operate in pride, the Bible says God opposes the proud. Did you know that when you allow pride to be activated in your life, God is actively opposing you as a proud person? He's actively opposing you. It's a dangerous place to be. God opposes the proud and gives more grace and favor to the humble. You've got to make yourself a humble person to understand I'm only called to do what I'm called to do and I can't do everything else. So don't allow, and here's where it alleviates pressure because you feel like probably through, you know, poor teaching that just because you have to, you have a gift, it has to be used in every outlet that it could possibly be used in every outlet that it could possibly be used in. If there's an opening, you need to fill it. If there's a if there's a need, you need to fill it. Let me tell you, a need doesn't constitute a calling. I learned this from Bishop David Oyedepo. A need 
does not constitute a calling. Just because there are needs in the world doesn't mean I'm called to solve them, even though I could solve them. Let me give you an example. You know, there are, there are other ministries who they are called to go overseas and their calling is to establish resources in, in third world nations to bless the poor. Now, we all should be blessing the poor, but my calling as a minister is not to go and to raise money and build orphanages in other nations. There are other ministries that are called to do that. And it's good because God called them to do it. They should do it. It's, it's honorable and they're anointed and purposed to do that very thing. That's not my calling. That's not my mission. So if I just said, you know what, there's these kids overseas, many of them because their parents have died of AIDS or other diseases, uh, you know, they're, they're orphans. They're, they're out there in abject poverty. I need to get out there and start building orphanages. I can see the clear, I clearly can see the need all over the world. I need to get out there and begin to do it. I need to start building these things. And, and pr- if I went and did that, let me tell you, I could expend all my energy I could expend all my resources, all my finances, and run out of strength doing that, and I would receive no supernatural help. You know why I would receive no supernatural help from God, no supernatural strength? Because not once in my life did he ever command me to do that. Not once in my life did he ever purpose me to do that. I just saw a need and decided that I was going to be the one who, who, who solved the problem. And if God didn't tell me to do it, then I'm really doing it in my own strength. That's why Psalm 127 is so powerful of a scripture, that unless the Lord is doing it, you're laboring in vain. Don't. That's why I told you, I asked these people and they all say the same thing. Only do what God called you to do specifically. If God didn't call you to do it, let it remain undone. And as a gifted person, You have to be aware that there will be many, many, many people that'll try to pull on your gifting, that'll try to pull on your anointing, that'll try to use what God placed in your life for his purpose, for their purpose. And you've got to learn. You've got to learn. I learned this at a younger age too, when, you know, you can just see it. When when there's impartation on your life to do certain things, people recognize it. And they want to use it for their own gain. And I had to make up in my mind, you know, I'm not just going to run around the country arbitrarily and and do things for other people because they know I can. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do what God's called me to do and, and, and go where he's called me to go. And I'm not going to do it just because people have a need. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. When you're gifted and when you're talented, it's first and foremost for the purpose that God's placed on your life. It's not for everybody. It's for the ones God's called you to. It's not for everybody. It's for the ones God called you to. People think I'm crazy when I say this. They literally think I'm crazy. That if Justin Timberlake called me tomorrow and said, hey man, I've heard you uh, live playing. I've heard your keyboard skills. I've heard you on television. I've heard you in different places. You know, I, I really like how you play. I would pay you. I would love to have you come out on tour with me for this upcoming album I'm doing. I'd love to have you play on tour with me. You might think I'm lying when I say this. You think I might be just, you know, overemphasizing something that's not really true. I promise you, I promise you that if Justin Timberlake himself called me 
and asked me to come on tour and be the music director or the, the lead keyboard player for his tour. I promise you, I wouldn't have to say, well, let me pray about it. You know, I have a lot going on. You know, let me, let me just see what the Lord wants me to do. I wouldn't have to do any of that. I would immediately tell him on the phone, I'm not coming. I don't care how much money he offers me. Because you know, there's people like, well, brother, you know, if I do this, it'll open up the, the opportunity for me to minister to him and to his team. And you know, No, I'm not coming. That's not what my gift is for. That's not why God anointed me to go on tour playing secular music with Justin Timberlake or anybody else. I don't care who called. I wouldn't have to pray about it. I wouldn't have to think about it. I wouldn't have to ask my mentors. You know, it's really, let me just consult my mentors. I don't have to do that. It's not what I'm called to do. It's not what my gift is for. So the answer is no. And I don't care what the money's like. And I don't care what the exposure is like. And I don't care what quote unquote doors it may open up for me in the future. It is not for me. It is not what I'm called to do. So you have to clearly know what you're called to do so that you can say no at the right times. You know, it may look like a great doors opening. Wow, I'll be able to have a Christian influence on Justin Timberlake and I'll be able to have a Christian influence on his band and on the tour and I'll meet so many people and it'll give me open door. No, it's not. That's not your call. That's not your gifting. Don't do, well, I should say it's not my call. It's not my gifting. I would never do it. I'd say no immediately because I know what I'm called to do. I know what I'm gifted to do. And so that that's not any part of it. And you have to know that because understand this, and, and it happens at much smaller scales, happens at much smaller scales where people are running you around town to do everything because you're gifted and have the ability to do it. I've seen people get used so much, so much that they don't even have the ability to receive from the Lord. One of the things that I really like, um, I, I've seen this here at our, our local church that if you are one of the people that ministers in some way on behalf of the church, whether you're on the, uh, you know, a drummer or you're a singer, you know, you're, you're a greeter and usher, you know, your time is spent working in, in the services that you're volunteering. And I like the fact that they require you to go to another service where you're not working so you can specifically sit and receive from the man of God, from the word of God. Because what happens is, is that if you allow yourself to, you'll, you'll, your gift, you, people will pull you because of your gift in so many directions that you don't even have the ability to be refreshed yourself. I've seen this happen so much and people get burnt out. I, I remember seeing these drummers and musicians, I talked to them that have played on every big name album, you know, and I talked to them behind closed doors and uh, you'd be surprised how jaded they are. They're jaded because they spend all their time using their gift and zero time in the, actually in the anointing, receiving from the anointing, receiving from the word of God. And it's a massive mistake. They spend their entire life just involved, wrapped up in their gift, and they don't spend any time receiving from the Lord. They're getting pulled around everywhere because they're gifted and they're not spending time with the Lord. So you have to learn to say no at an early stage 
so that you can say yes to the right things. Don't allow your gift to be your destruction. And that'll happen, trust me. If the devil can't stop your gift, he'll overemphasize and overuse and overwork you. Listen, one of the things I learned from an early age is that when God wants to bless you, he'll put people in your life. When the devil wants to curse you, he'll put people in your life. And you need to be discerning about who's in your life and what their intentions are and how you're being used by people. Because understand this very clearly, that your gift can put you in a position to be blessed or your gift can put you in your in a position to be in a, in a place where there's a heavy load on your shoulders where you feel like you never have the ability to have rest to be strengthened you know there's never any peace your family's not at peace because you're just constantly being pulled in 19 different directions it's a it's a mistake trust me when i tell you it's a massive mistake and you have to learn how to properly manage your giftings, your talents, your anointings. I don't think people that are even listening to this episode, some of you may not even understand how important what I'm telling you is right now, but trust me when I tell you, as a gifted and a talented person, this is one of the most important lessons you could ever learn for the benefit of your own life. God does not call you to do everything. Nobody is called to do everything. Find out what you are called to do and say no to the other things. Remember that I told you this, a need doesn't constitute a calling. Just because somebody needs something done and you have the ability to get it done doesn't mean you're the one that's supposed to do it. Know what you specifically are called to do so that you can say no to the right things so that you have the ability to say yes to the right things. And here's why, is that when you start to use your gifting, your talent, your calling for the right reasons, for the right purposes, for what God has actually called you to do, there is expedited increase that takes place in your life when you do what you specifically are called to do. That's how David, you look at the life of David, very interesting how David operated. He did what he was called to do until he was called to do something different. It's interesting that when David was a shepherd, he wasn't trying to seek out the prophet and say, hey, I need to find a prophet because I feel I got a kingly anointing on the inside of me and I just need a prophet to prophesy over me so I can go to the next level. No, he just stayed faithful where he was until there was new instructions available for him stayed faithful where he was until there were new instructions for him. He didn't try to do something other than tending his father's sheep until it was time for him to do something else. Notice, you know, his brothers were mad at him because he showed up on the battlefield with where Goliath was and started asking questions. His brothers were ticked off. Why aren't you back watching the father's sheep? I'll tell you why he wasn't, because his father gave him an instruction to go to the battlefield and deliver bread and cheese and bring back word. So people can get mad at you because you are where you are, but you're only there because you've got an instruction from the master. David was in position to defeat Goliath because his father had commanded him to go to the battlefield. That's what God wanted for his life. He'd already been anointed by Samuel to be the next king, and that next level anointing took him to where he was and set him up for his next level of purpose and gifting. 
so people can get mad about the fact that you are where you are tough they didn't put you there and they can't stop you from being there his brothers were ticked off but he was all, he was there because he got new instructions the reason he wasn't they asked their question was why aren't you back who's tending the the sheep that you're supposed to be watching over it's not my business dad sent me here and that's where i am in obedience i got new instructions and then he felt by the Holy Ghost to take out the giant next level instructions. So you understand that you're faithful where you are until you get new instructions. And when you're gifted, look at the expedited growth of David's ministry. Goes from being a shepherd in one chapter, gets anointed by a prophet. Next thing you know, he's in the court of a king, serving a king. Next thing you know, he's on a battlefield killing a giant that nobody else could kill. Next thing you know, they're slaying the entire army. Next thing you know, he's king. Next thing you know, he's he's destroying nations by the power of God. Next thing you know, he's a billionaire and building the temple of God, paying for it, you know, he and his elders paying for it out of their own pockets. How in the world did David go from being a lowly, you know, shepherd to a multi-billionaire? By the way, he gave, you know, he and the elders gave over $6 billion in today's currency to build the temple of God out of their own personal accounts. How did he get to that place? Because he said no to the right things for the most part and said yes to the calling of God. And that's what God said. Here's a man after my own heart because he wants what I want, does what I want done. And you can see the expedited growth of David's life because he did what God anointed him to do. He did what God asked him to do. Search my heart, O Lord. Put a watch at my lips. I mean, he created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. You know, these were the prayers David would pray. He wanted the presence of God. He wanted to do. He said, Lord, I will early in the morning will I seek thee. He was looking for instructions early in the morning. Before some people were even awake, David was looking for new instructions for his purpose, for his calling. He wasn't going to misappropriate. You know, I can't even imagine David taking his harp and going and playing in a club. You know, I understand there were no clubs. Going and pray, playing in a bar. Hey, guys, here's a song I just wrote on my harp for those of you that are getting drunk and hooking up with all these women in the bar. Here it goes. I can't even imagine David misappropriating his gift because you, you don't stay anointed misappropriating your gifts and callings. Understand what I'm telling you in today's episode. Learn how to say no to the right things. Fast and pray and, and discover your calling and your purpose in God. And as you find it, stick with it. And don't deviate from your purpose. Don't allow yourself to be pulled in 19 different directions, stealing your strength, your peace, your joy. Do what God's called you to do. And don't feel bad about limiting your gift to what God has called you to accomplish with it. I want to pray for every person listening today that God would give you a boldness and a strength to stick with only your purpose and your calling. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, if there's people listening to this today that don't know what they're called to do, that don't know their purpose, I pray today you put a new anointing upon them and that you would reveal to them clearly what their calling and their purpose is in the kingdom. And I pray, Lord, as we discover it, that we would pursue it with everything we have in our hearts, that we would not miss out on what you've called us to do and give us the boldness and the strength to say no to the right things 
so that we can say yes to what you've called us to do and do it in strength and purpose and power. We give you praise and glory for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, I love you guys so very much. Don't forget to check out southeastworship.com. Register for the conference. It's going to be phenomenal. Can't wait to see you there. Don't forget until next week, I love you. Goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 